Well, considering we're coming off a short week, there is no shortage of news or topics to talk about here at Heartland College Sports. I'm Pete Mundo. Great to be with you guys for another show. My goodness, it just doesn't slow down. And the place that we have to start, by the way, is in Norman, Oklahoma, where I am still reeling and just my head is spinning from that wild Red River rivalry game that took place on Saturday. I mean, how how nuts was that? <laughs> it was like two games in one. I can't get over how crazy that game was. But what's really interesting now is that you've got this quarterback drama unfolding, and there's another layer to it beyond just, you know, what's going to happen on Saturday against TCU. Now you've got Spencer Rattler's dad talking to media. You've got local media uh, snooping on OU practices. You've got Lincoln Riley canceling press conferences. Oh, my goodness, this is dramatic. So let's tell you where things stand right now. So obviously true freshman Caleb Williams gets all the first or, you know, wins the game for the Sooners, helps this team come back from 21 points down to beat Texas over the weekend. Spencer Rattler, who came into the season as the Heisman favorite, obviously has not had a good year. I mean, if you watch this team, and I've watched every game, he's not been good. For a guy that was supposed to win the Heisman Trophy and then head on off to the NFL and be another number one overall pick, he has not come close to living up to those expectations. Right? So now it's like, what do you do if you're Lincoln Riley? To me, the answer is you start Caleb Williams this Saturday against TCU. This was not one bad game from Spencer Rattler. It was several bad games. It was a bad first half of the season, basically. He finally got benched. Caleb Williams came in. The team had a different feel, a different spark to it, and they won the game. All right, so Caleb Williams should be the guy on Saturday for Oklahoma. But Lincoln Riley knows that in this era of the transfer portal where a guy can leave and play somewhere else next year, I mean, he he doesn't necessarily want to just lose Spencer Rattler, right? He he doesn't really want to do that. So what does he do? How does he play this? Does he give both guys snaps? Does he let them kind of work it out on the field, in the game? Uh, what does Lincoln Riley do? Once again, I'm playing Caleb Williams because I believe at this point, based on what I saw on Saturday and the track record the last few games that we have from Spencer Rattler, Caleb Williams gives me a better chance to win that game. If Spencer Rattler's going to leave the program because, you know, he's benched for a game, then that's not really your guy anyway. Is that a guy that you want leading your locker room? It wouldn't be for me. Like, look at Casey Thompson. Give Casey Thompson credit at Texas. Dude loses the starting job to Hudson Card. Hudson Card comes out of the gates, plays well against Louisiana Lafayette. Then he plays poorly against Arkansas. He gets benched. And now Casey Thompson is the clear starting quarterback of this team, probably for the rest of the season. So you can get your job back. So if Spencer Rattler is going to pout and leave the program because he gets benched for a game, then sorry, dude, uh, don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. I mean, that's what I'd be saying to Spencer Rattler if that's the attitude that he's going to have. But Riley's got to be cognizant still of the you know emotional nature of this and try to figure out what's best for his program. So what happened this week is OU Daily actually was able to find and view practice at Oklahoma on Tuesday. Here's what happened per OUDaily.com. That is the uh, student paper down there. 
All right. So OU Daily reports, as Oklahoma's quarterback battle continues to develop, freshman Caleb Williams was seen scrimmaging with the Sooners' first-team offense by the Daily at practice on Tuesday, while redshirt sophomore Spencer Rattler was working with the second team. The Daily watched the offensive practice uh, regiment from a public building near the OU football practice field with no athletics employees discouraging observation. The Daily does not observe practice regularly, but did so Tuesday under heightened interest given the situation. Williams outsnapped Rattler 15-7 in the pre-stretching portion of practice. He was later seen primarily scrimmaging with starting receivers, um, Jadon Hazelwood, Marvin Mims, Mike Woods, while Rattler threw the backups. Amid rumors that Rattler was absent from practice on Monday, his father, Mike, informed the Daily he had been feeling ill and that his absence was cleared by OU coach Lincoln Riley after they met Monday morning. So the OU Daily, nobody else had this. They did. Uh, They caught what was happening in practice on Tuesday. They noticed that Rattler was getting most of the second-team snaps and Caleb Williams was getting most of the first-team snaps. And then what happened on Wednesday morning was Lincoln Riley said, yeah, we're done with press conferences here for the rest of the week. 11-24 on Wednesday morning, Lincoln Riley announced that OU football canceled all media availabilities today, and there's going to be no more media until after Saturday's game. So Lincoln Riley is keeping this one very close to the vest, very close to the vest. I don't know how much of it is the sensitivity around Rattler. I don't know how much of it is the... Uh, gamesmanship against Gary Patterson this weekend. I don't know, but I do know this. It is the most intriguing story, personnel story, in college football right now, bar none. And that's what makes this such an interesting story to follow. Now, what's also compelling here is Mike Rattler, Spencer Rattler's father, also talked to the OU Daily. And here's what he said. For right now, Spencer's focused on working for this team, and we'll see what happens after January 10th. Hopefully, he'll be playing for a national championship on January 10th, and then after that, we'll evaluate where he is as far as if any teams are interested in him in the NFL. We'll consider that. Rattler's dad went on to say, if we think, hey, you know what, we may ought to do another year or something at Oklahoma or wherever, we're leaving our options open, whereas that is concerned. But for the most part right now, we don't even talk about it because he's got a task at hand to deal with. That is Spencer Rattler's father to OU Daily. Does that sound like a guy that's like, rah, rah, boomer sooner, baby? Uh, No. No, because he's not. He sounds like a businessman. Now, uh, Mike Rattler might be getting a little bit ahead of himself here. I mean, to be talking about his kid playing in a national championship game based on where we're at, uh, you know, in the middle of October, might be a stretch there, Mike, but I like the confidence. I appreciate the confidence, no doubt about that. But when he said there, you know, if we think that we should do a year, another year at Oklahoma or wherever, we're leaving our options open, that's, that's making it very clear. Oklahoma is simply a place for Spencer Rattler to possibly become a top NFL draft pick and nothing more. That is it. That is the goal. That is the premise of Spencer Rattler being in Norman, Oklahoma. And if Caleb Williams takes over this job and he's the guy going forward, 
and he would be the guy next year because he's only a true freshman, Spencer Rattler will be gone. That's exactly what Mike Rattler just said right there. His son will no longer be with the program if Caleb Williams takes over and then uh, he's the starting quarterback moving forward because he clearly believes, Mike Rattler believes, his kid's going to play in the NFL. So there's no point in coming back and sitting on the bench at OU. And by the way, he's not going to be a top NFL draft pick if Spencer Rattler is not playing the rest of this season. If he loses his starting job, he is not going to be a top NFL draft pick. That's it. That's the extent of it. And it's a reality of the situation as well. And I think deep down, Lincoln Riley knows that. And that's why he's, you know, in such a tough spot right now in terms of what to do in this situation. I still think you play the guy that helps you win the game. And right now that's Caleb Williams. And then you move on from there. So it is uh, really dramatic and really interesting to watch this unfold in Norman, Oklahoma this year. But, you know, Sooners are still undefeated as they get ready for the Horn Frogs uh, this weekend. Now, the other story in this conference to me is what is happening in Morgantown, West Virginia with head coach Neil Brown. Mountaineers fans are all over Neil Brown after this 0-3 start in Big 12 play. Some of it's fair, some of it's not fair, and I'll explain what I mean there. West Virginia lost its first two Big 12 games by a field goal. I mean, they lost to Oklahoma and Norman by three points. Then they lost to Texas Tech by three points. And then they got blown out by Baylor and Waco, and that was just inexcusable. Not because Baylor's not a good team. Baylor is a good team. But it was just an inexcusable performance coming off two close losses in a row. Now, the first half against Texas Tech was terrible. Didn't score a single point. They come back too little too late. So, WVU fans should be upset about how this team has played, especially the first half against Texas Tech and the entire game against Baylor. No doubt about it. But you got a good win over Virginia Tech. You played OU down to the wire. Uh, You should have. I think this team today beats that Maryland team that they lost to in the opener. And you've got to look at it from that big picture perspective. Neil Brown took over a team that was pretty barren. Not completely, but Dana Holgerson left for a reason. Listen, Dana Holgerson is, uh, I think he's a bit of a goober, to be honest. I'm just, I'm not a big Dana Holgerson guy. And having him back in the Big 12 is going to be very interesting now that he's the head coach at Houston. But I'm just, you know, a guy's got an excuse for everything. He just looks like disheveled. He rolled out of a bar at 4 a.m. Like, I'm just, I, I never bought Dana Holgerson as a legitimate head coach. You know, head coaches carry themselves a certain way. Dana Holgerson does not have that type of uh, swagger, that type of presence. He just doesn't. Like, he's Mike Gundy light is what he is. He's trying to be Mike Gundy. He wants to be that clever. He wants to be that funny. He wants to be that creative. And he's just not. He's like a poor man's Mike Gundy. And he certainly doesn't have the hair of Mike Gundy. I mean, not even close. So Dana Holgerson left. He knew it was time to go. He knew what he was losing, and he bolted. And he went and took a big paycheck from Houston. And now he's going to be back in the Big 12 in a couple of years. Neil Brown had a rebuild on his hands, all right? The guy had a rebuild on his hands, and people that paid attention knew it. But now you've got to look at this and say, okay, for the West Virginia fans that are like, we're 0-3 of the Big 12, we might go 2-7, and 3-6 and six in conference play. Neil Brown's got to go. Who are you hiring? What are you doing? Who's going to be better? 
why are you hitting the reset button right now? Explain all of that to me because it's not clear why you would do this. And don't forget that Neil Brown actually is putting together his best recruiting class in Morgantown that he's had for 2022. They've got the third-ranked class in the Big 12 right now, according to 247 Sports, a top 25 class overall. They've got a four-star quarterback coming in out of Arizona. I mean, they are having good success on the recruiting trail. Neil Brown, I understand the frustration, but Neil Brown is not going anywhere. And I don't believe that he should necessarily go anywhere. I don't believe that would be fair for Neil Brown to go anywhere right now at this point in time. One, because there's not an obvious answer, and two, because there's a there's a solid trajectory to look at in terms of where the program is heading. And I understand you say, boy, but two and seven, three and six in the Big 12, the Big 12's damn good. Right? The Big 12, depth-wise, is damn good outside of Kansas. Any one of these teams can beat any other of these teams on a given Saturday. I mean, this this conference is deep. I know nobody wants to give it credit for that on the national level, but for those of you that watch it, as I do every weekend, it's a darn good conference. So I don't believe that Neil Brown should be on any hot seat unless the wheels fall off and guys just stop playing for him over the next you know month and a half or so. But I'm not seeing that happening. And by the way, our guy Derek Duke wrote a great piece about this on the website at heartlandcollegesports.com. I'm Pete Mundo. It is great to be with you guys for another week. We have got so much content up on the website at heartlandcollegesports.com covering everything in the Big 12 top to bottom. So go check it out. And by the way, this show is brought to you by, before we get to our power rankings for the week, which we'll do here shortly, the show is brought to you by our friends at mybookie.com, where with our promo code, it's an exclusive Heartland College Sports promo code of Big 12, you get a 100% sign-up bonus. That's a 100% sign-up bonus with our promo code Big 12 on your first time deposit at mybookie.com. We've got a full Big 12 slate this weekend. I'm fired up for it after only three games last weekend, and eyeballing a couple of these games, all right, a couple of these games. I uh, I do not want to miss out on I don't want you to miss out on because I'm feeling good about some of these when it comes to the spread this weekend, whether it's Oklahoma State, Texas, uh, TCU, Oklahoma, Farmageddon. So go make that deposit right now. Join us. I'll be releasing my picks as I do each and every week on Thursday on the podcast. So a two-in-one week last week against the spread. Things are trending up in that department, so I'm fired up about that, and I hope you are as well. And my bookie has been a great partner here at heartlandcollegesports.com for a long time. It's a great way to get your bets in for not just college but the NFL and then also support the show and support the site so we can keep growing and getting you guys more content. We appreciate it. MyBookie.com, promo code BIG12. All right, let's dive into the power rankings for the week. All right, a little bit of movement in the power rankings here this week. Let's get to it, and let's start at the top of the power rankings. Where are we going? We are going with the Oklahoma Sooners at number one. They were number two last week. Oklahoma State was number one last week. Uh, But now, now, after OU beats Texas, top 25 matchup with the comeback like they had it, it is time to roll with the OU Sooners in that top spot. I believe that's fair. I mean, with the way Caleb Williams looked, came in at quarterback, as we talked about earlier, for Spencer Rattler. It was 35-17 Texas. OU comes back for a 55-48 win. Largest comeback in Red River history. And here we are, OU in our top spot. At number two, the Oklahoma State Cowboys. They did not play last week. They are 2-0 in Big 12 play. 
after beating Kansas State and Baylor. The defense, to me, is the best in the Big 12. You know, until proven otherwise, this is the best defense in the Big 12. They go to Austin this weekend. They are taking on the Texas Longhorns in the top 25 matchup. Winner of this game will be the favorite to meet the Sooners in Arlington for that Big 12 title game. At number three, moving the Baylor Bears up a spot from 4-2-3. So the Bears came home after a loss to Oklahoma State, and they were taking on a desperate West Virginia team. That's why I thought the Mountaineers would play this one closer than they did. Also, I thought their defense would hang in there. That did not happen. They rolled West Virginia 45-20 to in Waco. And I got to hand it to Dave Aranda. This is looking like a, a strong, well-balanced team that is taking very solid direction from its coaching staff. I've been very impressed with how this, uh, how this team has played. So we've got Baylor in the three spot this week. At number four, the Texas Longhorns moving down from number three. So Baylor and Texas flip-flopping there. I, I mean, if the Red River rivalry was a three-quarter game, Texas would be number one this week. Obviously, that did not happen. But here's the thing. In a wide-open Big 12, the Longhorns can absolutely end up at AT&T Stadium in December playing for a Big 12 championship, right? Like, at no doubt about it, they can end up playing there. Heck, you could make a case right now that this weekend's oh, – well, probably not. But, hey, you know what? No, I, I, fine. You want to make it? Fine. Let's make it. Oklahoma State, Texas this weekend could end up being a rematch of the Big 12 title game. If OU doesn't get its act together like it should, and, like, I believe that it will, but w- why can't it be a rematch? Why can't OU, you know, get upset this weekend and, you know, drop a game to Iowa State or something like that? That's not impossible. OU has looked vulnerable. Everyone knows that. So the Big 12 is wide open. Texas can definitely be playing for a Big 12 title later this year. At number five, the TCU Horn Frogs up from nine. TCU just smoked Texas Tech. That was a dominant win on Saturday. And uh, you got to like what you're seeing right now from Zach Evans at running back. This dude, after Bijan Robinson, may be the best back in the Big 12. Sorry, Brees Hall. Uh, but, you know, it's a tight 2-3 probably. If I had to draft four running backs right now, oh boy, I don't know. Definitely your top five in no order. Bijan Robinson, Zach Evans, Jalen Warren at Oklahoma State, Deuce Vaughn at Kansas State, and Brees Hall at Iowa State. That's your top five in no particular order. That's where things are at. So TCU gets a big win. They needed that one, and uh, they're number five in this week's power rankings. At number six... Got the Iowa State Cyclones. The Cyclones were off last weekend after smoking Kansas the week prior. Uh, This weekend against Kansas State, that is going to be one that will make a difference. All right? That's going to be a big deal that's going to define a lot of how this season goes for both these programs and for the Big 12. It's in Manhattan. That has not been a kind location uh, for Iowa State. But we'll see how this one plays out. It's going to be very, very interesting because of what it means Uh, for both of these teams and both of these programs as you look at the 2021 season. So that's that's definitely one worth watching because Iowa State's last win in Manhattan, 2004. Crazy, 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 crazy. Number seven, Kansas State. Wildcats also were off this past weekend. So uh, they've got a loaded front half of the schedule, though. Their first three Big 12 games, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Iowa State. And that's, that's as tough as it gets if you're Kansas State from a scheduling perspective. So 
Uh, they're 0-2, possibly 0-3 this weekend after this game, 0-3 in Big 12 play. But then it will definitely lighten up a bit for the Wildcats. At number eight, the Texas Tech Red Raiders come in, which is where they were last week. Uh, it was a letdown week for Texas Tech. There's no doubt about it. I mean, they, they uh, oh boy, they put up a stinker against TCU. And it didn't need to be that way. It should not have been that way. But they put up an absolute stinker against TCU in a game that was over very, very quickly. And it shouldn't have been that way, but it was. You lose by 21 points. It's like, oh, gosh. Uh, So Texas Tech's got to get things together. They're at number eight this week. And number nine, the West Virginia Mountaineers, who had no sense of urgency in Waco, Texas. I mean, no urgency. On the, on the road against Baylor. I mean, that was so disappointing on Saturday, as we talked about earlier. So WVU in the number nine spot, the only thing keeping them out of the 10 spot is KU. KU had a bye week, and that means KU did not lose a football game. That is all. That is a good thing. There you go. There's your power rankings for week seven in the Big 12 Conference. I'm Pete Mundo. Good to be with you guys. Uh, let me take a moment out here to thank you. For your ratings and reviews on the podcast, we are giving out free Heartland College Sports koozies. I put like, I don't know, 15 or 20 in the mail the other day because we were backordered on them. And I want to thank you guys for leaving those ratings and reviews. Uh, Just got a couple of new ones here. I'll read to you. I like to read one or two. I'll read this one that came from Drew this week. If you're an all-around college football fan like myself, you can appreciate a knowledgeable, unbiased source. Pete Mundo's my go-to source when looking to get caught up on the action-packed Big 12. Pete tells it how it is. Thank you very much for that, Drew. Appreciate you, bud. Koozie is on the way. So you can get a koozie as well. Leave me a rating and a review. Send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. We'll get the koozie in the mail for you guys. All right, and don't forget about our friends at mybookie.com. The promo code BIG12 will get you a 1%. 100% deposit bonus on your first deposit. 100 bucks becomes 200, 200, 400. They've been great partners for us. Uh, so place your bets there at mybookie.com. Promo code BIG12. Have a great day, guys. We'll talk to you soon right here on Heartland College Sports. Go check out the site. A lot of content up there. And we've got the picks coming up Thursday. Take care.